clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Catch, folks. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lapping. And we're back, man. We're back. And uh, my head is clean. Hot dog. My, my head is clean. There's only egg on my sneakers that I just got, so I have to clean that off. But other than that, nice. other than that, it's totally fine. <laughs> You're crushing it. Yeah, go ahead and check that out on Instagram, guys. It's pretty enjoyable. But yeah, we're back. We had a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Kind of alluded to it in our Instagram post and story. Sometimes life is is hard and things get in the way, and uh, you just gotta do your best, you know. And that's what we're doing here on Simultaneous Catch. We're doing our best. But wow, golly! The last time we talked, uh, the Bills hadn't lost to the Jaguars, which was a really great feeling. And the yeah. Jordan Love <laughs> hadn't made his first career start yet. So here we are. And then in that time, Adrian Peterson signed with a team, scored a touchdown, was cut by a team, and now is being looked at for another team. It's just, I mean, wow. (laughs) The NFL comes at you fast. It sure does. So uh, let's get right into it, guys. Let's get into some rent rave recall. What do we got, pal? I am going to give a little bit of a recall that was based on a recall. Although it doesn't feel that great sitting here right now. But I feel like before the start of the season, we came on and we picked our division winners. I picked the Colts. You they did. came out to a real slow start, and I recalled them as saying, I just don't think they have it in them. And I don't think, especially with the loss to Tampa this week, which was, was a heartbreaker that they'll win the division. But this is still a really good team, and I feel like we kind of got down on them. At least I did a little more than I think I should have. But this is a really good team, and I think they will definitely be competing for one of those seven or six seed spots uh, in the playoffs. So I came on, and and we said, nah, they're they they can't do it. They they lost too much, but they went on a, on a nice streak there, and I think it's definitely deserved that they deserve some credit. And I think the Colts are not right where they want to be because they would rather be in the first place of their division and not having just lost, but. They are in as good a position as they could want to be. Yeah, and unfortunately, they have played Titans twice and didn't quite get them. And the one time they absolutely probably should have won. Um, 
But you're right, the Titans are reeling a little bit, and the Colts are a good team. I'm not just saying that because they crushed Buffalo. They're a good team. I mean, they also took the Bucks to the brink and probably could have, would have, should have for a bunch of games this year. But they started, I think, one and five or one and four, um, and they're five and one in their last six games. Like they're a really, really good football team. And right now they're sitting at the tenth seed behind teams like the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers. But don't really feel great about any of those three teams either. So we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about this AFC playoff picture because there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams right now fighting for the seven spot. Um, and that's not including teams like Buffalo and Cincy who are a game above that pack but could just as easily be fighting for that spot as well. So it's going to be a crazy photo finish for, I think, both playoff pictures but especially in the AFC um yeah I think we were both on the Colts to start the year and we kind of fell off of them but Tennessee has not been pretty inspired in the last couple of weeks they do have a bye week to kind of regroup um we'll see how they come out swinging after that um I don't know if this is a a a recall or a rant but I mentioned this on the Instagram I'm still a fan of the Atlanta Falcons, but I am never again making a bet for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I just want to – I need to put this out into the airways. Uh, they won last weekend. Yeah, they did, and that's fine. And I'm, they're still my NFC team. I want to root for them, and they're going to play the Bucks this week, and I'm going to somehow talk myself into thinking that they could possibly win. I'm going to say, oh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, it was 28-25 in week two or three. You know, they could they could do something here uh, now. Okay, no more bets involving the Atlanta Falcons. They joined the Cleveland Browns in the Adam will not bet anything involving these teams ever again category. So there are only 30 other teams that I can make bets with you. So there's plenty of plenty of egg to be thrown on my face again. But those eggs were freezing and I was uncomfortable. I did not like it. Did not like it. So this counts as a rant then and a half recall because I am no longer betting on the Atlanta Falcons. Scaredy Falcon. Sorry, guys. I like you. I just... uh, That egg was cold. That's all I have to say. Anyway, uh, let's get to some crushing it. What do we got for a crushing it this week? Crushing it. There are... You know, this is... You know, we haven't been on for... Right. (laughs) Approximately a month. So we could go any which direction there. We could go teams. We could go players. I am going to go, though, with a team just solely based on their Week 12 performance. And it wasn't even super pretty. But again, this is actually kind of funny because I think I might have given them credit the last time we were on the air. But I'm going to go with the New York Giants. I feel like, you know, everyone was talking up Philly. Philly was, like, going to be, like, this darling team that was really starting to finally play really well. They were just running the ball super effectively, and they were getting right themselves right into the playoff picture. I don't think anybody gave really gave New York a chance because they were talking about the sweetheart Cinderella Eagles coming in. And, and, and that I think it was definitely deserved because the Eagles were turning it on compared to where they were in the beginning of the year. But... They came out and they won an ugly game. I'm pretty sure very similar to the last time that I gave them credit. And they got it done. Daniel Jones played through an injury for 59 minutes of the game. And, you know, again, this is just a team that I think 
doesn't get a lot of credit nationally because, you know, they kind of haven't been super great and we don't talk about them a lot on our show, but I think they deserve a crushing it for this one because they won a divisional game against a team that nobody thought they would and they did it. And I think it deserves to be talked about. So they're yeah, crushing it. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was on the Eagles train, right? I was looking at their schedule. I was like, wow, they play the Giants and then they play the Jets. They could be 500 or above 500 after those two games. And they could be looking down the stretch at all these divisional matchups. And But you're right. They dropped the ball. Jalen Hurts. Although I will say they aren't the only ones to drop the ball because Jalen Rager did twice for two possible game-winning touchdowns at the end of that game. That was it was pretty sad. I, I digress. Um, the amount of pictures of the draft results from that year with Jalen Rager going just before Justin Jefferson went to Minnesota—it's heartbreaking. Obviously, we talk about the draft being a crapshoot every year. You never really know, but still, that 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 stings when it's right back to back. But regardless, you're right. No, that's great. That's uh, I don't. You know, we n- none of us are saying the Giants are going anywhere. They're four and seven, and they still got other matchups to go. And you know, there's tons of teams ahead of them, including the Eagles. Oh, for sure, who are still a game ahead of them. But you're right. No, that's I. You always love to see the story of the team that's completely counted out that that bounces back for sure. Uh, my question it is Josh's original division winner for the NFC West, and our yes, the NFC West. I'm gonna go with the 49ers. The 49ers were kind of left for dead three weeks ago. They were 3-5, and five, just coming off uh, a, a big loss to the Arizona Cardinals in no, at the beginning of November. And then they turn around and they crush the Rams. And then they crush the Jaguars. And then they win this hotly con- contested matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, who were just as hot as they were coming into this game. They win 34-26. Kyle Shanahan, everybody was calling for his head. And again... Kyle Shanahan's still a sub-500 coach, so there's still questions I think that we need to have about Kyle Shanahan and his head coaching ability. But as I an agree. offensive mind and as a guy putting together a scheme, is unquestioned, right? He's he's incredibly smart, uh, clever, and he, he knows how to diagram an offense, especially in today's NFL when it's pass, 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 pass. He's making these incredible schemes and just dialing up and play after play to get this offense to go behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been not that great this year. He's been okay, um, but really nothing to write home about. And they have Debo Samuel, who might be their best running back. Um, unfortunately, he did get dinged up again. But three straight, they're 6-5. and five. They're the sixth seed right now in the NFC. And behind them is Washington, also yeah. off of a three-game win streak, which is impressive. Uh, Minnesota, who was on a win streak, but obviously just dropped that one. And then Atlanta and the Saints. So they're at the sixth seed. They could still drop one seed, and there's four teams behind them that I like the 49ers better than all those teams really right now. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I legitimately – I mean, they have, they have a lot of tests coming up, right? They do go at Seattle, which – Seattle's kind of falling apart right now. But then they have to go to Cincy on December 12th. And then they still have a matchup against the Titans on uh, Sunday night, which, again, you know, say what you will about the Titans, but they're still 8-3. and three. Um, And then they finish the season off at L.A. for the Rams. So they have a lot of tests still to come, but for now, they're crushing it. For sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you um, a month ago when we were on the air the last time. I don't think the 49ers were much of a threat to anything. And right now, like you said, they are solidly in the playoff picture. 
they kind of control their own fate right now because if they continue to win, then they'll hold that seat, but they can't really afford to lose because of those teams right behind them. It definitely is deserved, though, because they were facing a gigantic uphill battle with with the things that they were facing, the the divisional game against the Rams, and they had just lost um, their their right tackle, McGlinchey, McGlinchey, I don't know how to say his name. Um, so that was that was definitely a gigantic game, and they came out and played. 49er football of just being smash mouth they're gonna run it they didn't pass it super effectively but they just ran the ball like 70 times that night well deserved crushing it absolutely um so let's uh transition to the next subject here and this is what i'm fascinated to talk to you about because i'm hearing a lot of uh media members talk about this uh, some of my favorite podcasters are talking about this, is do we really have an MVP this far this season? I think that normally, at this point in the year, we have at least one, if not two people battling for MVP that are clear-cut, right? We're talking about this guy's going to win it. If I asked you to guess who have the top five best odds right now to win MVP, could you could you guess them? All five? I don't think I could do all five. Well, see how many you could guess that that would be obvious to you. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the number one odds-on bet right now. Aaron Rodgers. He's the number three odds-on bet right now. Um, are these all quarterbacks? They are all quarterbacks. Yes. I will say Dak. Dak is the number six. He's not in the top five. Ah, uh, dang! I already lost. So you have uh, Josh Allen's at two. Mahomes is at. For Kyler Murray's at five, and which is ridiculous. Okay, this is kind of ridiculous to me. One because Tom Brady hasn't actually been that great. I'm sorry. I I don't hate Tom Brady anymore. You guys heard me. I'm very emotional. <laughs> you you. I had an emotional revanta call about that. Okay. Um, but he's clearly not the MVP. Josh Allen, love him to death. Can't really be the MVP right now when you lose to Jacksonville the way that you did. I'm sorry. Uh. Aaron Rodgers is probably the one that makes the most sense to me because their team has been consistently great, but he's also somebody who had so much drama heading into the season, like totally lied about what he was doing. It, it just it depends on if you it, it, it is a narrative award, so I feel like that is kind of a ding against him. But we'll see what happens. Mahomes kind of disappeared for three or four weeks straight, and Kyler hasn't played in three weeks. Like I, I just. The, I, None of these guys spark any sort of interest in me in terms of MVP. And if I had to pick somebody, I would say Jonathan Taylor because they win every game that he has a great game. And all the running backs don't matter. People will come for my head for that. But right now, I'm not saying it's going to happen because it's not going to happen. But right now, he's the only one that I could say that's an MVP and feel confident that he is an MVP. Everybody else, I'm like, okay, you're a quarterback. That's why you're important. But that's the only reason you're important. Dang. Um, first off, I will say I agree with you about Jonathan Taylor. I think in my opinion, and I think he's in the top 10 of odds, I think I saw like some kind of headline, but farther down, I only saw the headline. I didn't read the article, which is why I didn't know that Dak was not in the top five. Regardless, I would say right now, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's, MVP. Jonathan Taylor's number nine. Okay. Right I would say he is plus, my NFL plus eighteen hundred, which is crazy. The conversation of being like, is there an MVP? Like, I get it to create a talking point, 
But that's kind of, I mean, that's silly in my opinion. It's just because no one's lighting the league on fire that we're like, no one, everyone's playing like nobody cares about an MVP. Like, that's not true. And say what you will about Tom Brady. You're still a Tom Brady hater. It's fine. The dude's 500 years old and still has leading the league in passing yards and touchdowns. And he does have a handful of turnovers, which I I hate. But, I mean, looking at a list of, of quarterbacks and players, seems like everybody does unless you're Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins. No one's talking about Kirk Cousins, by the way, which I think I is like Kirk Cousins. You know I like Kirk Cousins. He's going around. Tom Brady doesn't lead yeah. in passing yards, by the way. It's Derek Carr. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> He does lead in passing touchdowns, though. By, like, say. 13 yards. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just you saying. Are, you, are, you're, you are correct. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. correct. You're right. I'm still a Tom Brady hater. It's fine. It's fine. It's just ingrained in your blood. It's going to be, it's gonna be a hard am. thing to let go of. It's just we accept you. Change is not change and growth. Is, Tom Brady. Change and growth is not linear, guys. Okay? It takes it. it, it all right? It's fine. So I, I guess I guess I guess I want to ask though, and and you're right. I don't mean like oh nobody cares. Like I'm not trying to be hot takey or anything. I just feel like at this point of the year, we're in December, right? We're in the final month of the regular season. Like normally, I guess it's not the final month of the regular season anymore because we'll go further into January with there being an extra week. But regardless, like this is the point of the year after Thanksgiving where normally we're like, this guy's the MVP, or at the very least, it's between these two, right? Last year it was okay, it's it's Rogers, Mahomes, Allen. Like those are the three and it's not gonna be anybody else, right? We knew that at that point in the year. And they were the top three in voting at the end of the year. Right now, if I had to tell you, okay, these are gonna be the top three in voting I wouldn't bet any money on it because I'm not for sure. You know what I mean? Like any Doesn't one of these that guys. Make it more exciting though. Like you I don't know. want to with, I, with five I, weeks yes. left. Don't want to be like it's one of these three guys. Like isn't it more exciting? You're right. Like, this could be anybody. Like we can. Still you're right. Get no, this. I'm. You're right. I actually do. I, I I I don't mean to sound in terms of my tone like it's making me mad. Um, I apologize to those at home who thought I was being you was angry, angry, bro. You're right. No, yeah, right. <laughs> no, it is exciting, and I do like it. I just think that. What what is upsetting to me is that not only do we not have a clear cut quarterback who we're saying they're having an MVP season, but we, in my opinion, do have a player who's having a clear cut MVP year in Jonathan Taylor, and we're not even really honestly talking about it. And it's just further proof that the MVP award is inherently flawed, in my opinion. And we talk about this every year. You guys know we t Josh and I talk about it every year and I will submit my solution that I do every year is that we should have a quarterback of the year award and then an MVP that is always non quarterback because quarterback is always, always, always going to be the inherently and overwhelmingly most valuable position regardless of who is playing it. Therefore, the handicap for a quarterback is so high that nobody could ever reach it, right? So this is ridiculous that we are not having a serious conversation about Jonathan Taylor, who has been more consistently great and more consistently moving the needle for the Indianapolis Colts to win games than any of these quarterbacks ahead of them, in my opinion. I, I, I want to take a moment, and I'm going to go through 
reasons why I think any of these players makes sense. Okay. As I okay. as I said, Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, should be the MVP right now because, like you said, he has been dominant at times of carrying the Colts to victories. Even in games where Carson Wentz is throwing relatively well, I think that's because teams are respecting what Jonathan Taylor is doing. And I was honestly baffled last week watching the Tampa game because I was like, is Jonathan Taylor hurt? Like, why isn't he running? And he, on like the final drive of Indy's game, ran for like 60 yards and a touchdown because they finally gave him the football. Jonathan Taylor very much deserves because he, in my opinion, I think you agree, and probably a lot of other people agree, he is the engine that makes Indianapolis go. And just to, just Brady. real quick, just real quick, because I, I, I want to shoot this in there because I know that there are analytics people screaming at the thing right now that it's more about run blocking and all that stuff. And like, I yeah, run blocking is ridiculously important to running. But there's a difference between good run blocking and having an effective running back and a guy who is just dominating not only in running but in catching, receiving touchdowns, pass blocking. He almost never leaves the field, right? We've been holding on to Naheem Hines all year, hoping upon hope that he would be fantasy relevant, but he can't get on the field because Jonathan Taylor literally does everything. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Indianapolis has an extremely talented offensive line, one of the best in football, in my opinion. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with that. But say Jonathan Taylor goes down, Naeem Hines is going to be a fine, good running back. He's going to be effective. He's going to get the job done, but he's not going to be Jonathan Taylor putting up those numbers. So that speaks to what Jonathan Taylor is. Tom Brady. So you were saying that this is kind of a narrative award. So all you have to say is, again, he's in year 22 doing this, being 14 yards off of the league leader in yards, 30 touchdowns. He ran one in against the Giants. Did you see like his cool 15-yard run? And like, what does that mean when you're saying, what, what are you saying about your quarterback when you're like, 15 yards is awesome, but like this dude, you're 22. He does look faster, I will say. <laughs> I hate it, but he does Aaron look faster. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers, and you can talk about all, all the drama and, and everything, which we never talked about on the show. But I think to say that's a detraction, I think would actually be false. I think everything, everything surrounding, is he going to be there? Is he going to retire? Is he going to be for a different team? And then the week one, and everyone's like, oh, he's washed. He's throwing it away. And now the Packers are sitting half a game out from leading the NFC. You saw what the team was when he wasn't there, how inept it was. We've seen Aaron Rodgers go out and play without three of his top wide receivers. We've seen everything go against the, uh, we've seen just every scenario that you'd be like, well, this team can't win. They don't deserve to win. They're not going to win. And yet they still continue to find a way to win. And a large part of that is because of number 12. And when number 12 wasn't there, they scored seven points against a defense that I think is better than people give it credit for, but it's nowhere near vaunted. So yeah, I think it's deserved. I think Kyler Murray definitely was my front runner early on, but then seeing how well everything clicks and works, Colt McCoy was driving up and down the field. He's doing just fine. They're still continuing to win games. I think that detracts a little bit from Kyler Murray. Like you said, we haven't seen him in like a month. We took off the time that Kyler Murray took off. That's what we did. And I think Dak, Dak has been super special at times, but there are just times that, 
we're like, what what are we watching? Why is this happening? What's going on? And I feel like that's not really an MVP in my opinion. I was ready to hop on MVP Dak train because I thought that they were going to go ahead and win that game on Thanksgiving. They won the coin toss. I was like, all right, he was because Dak was great in the fourth quarter. I don't know how much of that game that you watched on Thanksgiving, but Dak made some throws in that game where I was looking at, albeit my uncles who were all there and clear Cowboy fans. I'm like, guys, that 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 was uh, uh, I've ne- I've not seen a better throw all year, and he did it two consecutive drives to give them the I think it was either the leader to tie the game at the end but regardless or one was to get them closer and one was to get ready to tie when they had to go for that two-point conversion but he made two throws on both drives to gallop that I, my, my jaw dropped and I was ready to be like they're gonna go and win this game and it'd be one thing if the Raiders got the ball and went and scored but Dallas touched the ball right and I was ready to be like all right Dallas Dak, this is your MVP moment. And again, it could still happen. Like I said, nobody's really has a stranglehold on this at all. And Dak's oh, been pretty sure. great. And Dak's been pretty great for a pretty good team, Dallas, which is reeling, but I still think is clearly one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, they're still the fourth seed right now. But I genuinely just, like I said, I, I'm with you on a lot of the stuff. I just think it's a very interesting MVP season, and uh, guys like Jonathan Taylor aren't getting getting a lot of love. And honestly, this isn't going to happen, but I think Cooper Cup deserves a mention as well because Cooper Cup's been phenomenal uh, every week. Uh, he had a week two or three weeks ago, and I was listening to the fantasy footballers where he had like 10 catches for 120 yards, and he didn't score a touchdown, and they were like, what a down week for Cooper Cup. And they were seriously talking about it, and then somebody pulled up the stat line. I was like, he had 10 catches for 100-plus yards. And they're like, oh, he did? Oh, he didn't score a touchdown. That's a, What a down week. So when you're talking about a guy who has a down week with that stat line, he deserves to talk to. But again, wide receivers and running backs will never win, and that's fine, and we can move on for this conversation, but... I just think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, Adrian Peterson won. One touchdown. Yeah, he did win. Didn't he, but didn't he like co-win that award? Didn't he share it with somebody? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he just won. I can't remember or not. I do remember. He's a Seattle Seahawk now. I, yeah. Did he just sign? Uh, he did. Breaking news on simultaneous catch. Um, like how we almost broke the James Conner news. Um, so I will say. You keep that a secret. I know. <laughs> um, I will say. Oh, shoot. I was going to say something funny and then I forgot. Um, never mind. Moving on, I guess. Um, dang. I was. It was something good, too. It's fine. All right. Let's talk about that. Uh, that uh, playoff race here, which is kind of nuts here. Uh, so we have in the AFC, the number one seed is the Baltimore Ravens uh, after their disgusting victory over the Cleveland Browns in prime time. Uh, they sit at eight and three now and they get to face the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at the two seed. We have the Patriots at eight and four. They have a monumental matchup against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. I'm so excited. Yeah, I might call off Tuesday. Um, the third seed is the Tennessee Titans. After dropping one, they are on their bye week. The Kansas City Chiefs had a Sunday night matchup with the Denver Broncos yeah, for first for, for first place in the guys. Both we, uh, primetime games are for division leads. That's pretty we fun. We went off the air thinking the Chiefs were just awful and stunk and we're done. Say what you will, it has not been pretty, but they have willed their way back 
to the first place in the West. I think I think it's even scarier that it hasn't been pretty that they're now in the lead, right? It still hasn't been pretty, and yet they're in the division lead. So what happens when it starts looking pretty again? It could be pretty terrifying regardless. They are the four seed, and then the three wildcard teams uh, at the five seed, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, man. Uh, then you have, obviously, Buffalo um, with that matchup against the Patriots on Monday night, and then the Los Angeles Chargers are at the seven seed right now. And just behind them in the bubble, all with six wins, we have the Broncos, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Browns, all of six wins. So tied for that seventh spot because of tiebreakers and win percentage, they're obviously not in the seventh spot. And then right behind them, you have two five-win teams in the Steelers and the Dolphins. Um, so this is going to be a crazy race, man. And obviously, like I mentioned, wildcard teams, but... The Ravens are only one game up from the Bengals, and the Bengals already beat them once, so they could very easily flop there. Like I said, the Chiefs and the Broncos play, and I don't really think too many people are picking the Broncos Sunday night, but it could happen. Uh, we've picked against the Broncos before, and they've shown up and dominated. Uh, that could easily flop. And then, obviously, Buffalo and uh, the Patriots could flop. So the, all these things could switch in the AFC. Um, I'll run through the an, NFC real quick here. Um, but I do want to talk about this AFC picture real quick. So you have the Cardinals at the number one seed. Then you have the Packers at number two. Although the Packers do have the tiebreaker against the Cardinals. They are tied at nine wins. Uh, that could definitely come into play down the down the stretch. Uh, the Buccaneers at the three seed. Cowboys at the four. I think that especially after that Philly loss, although we'll see what happens with Washington, but I think after that Philly loss, Dallas has got to be pretty comfortable there. Um, Washington and Dallas do have a huge matchup around Christmas time for sure. Uh, the Rams at the five seed, they dropped down to the five seed after their couple of losses here. And then you have the 49ers at the six seed and the Washington football team at the seven with the Vikings, Colts and or the Vikings, Falcons and Saints uh, one are tied for wins. Actually, the Eagles and the Panthers as well all have five wins along with Washington. So that last seed will be very interesting as well. Um, in the AFC, if you had to right now, this is going to bleed a little bit into cold reads, which is what our next segment is anyway. If you had to pick one of these teams, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Colts, the Browns, the Steelers, Dolphins, which one of those teams, if you had to like put money on it right now, would you say, I think they're going to be the seventh seed? Uh, the Colts. Okay. Okay. Just by virtue yeah, of like I, you believe them the most. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking anything of like schedule. Like, oh, they have an easier schedule or or whatnot into any of these things. I just I just don't know all that. But I like the recipe that the Colts have. The Colts would have beat the Tampa Bay Bucks if Carson Wentz. Or maybe I shouldn't even say Carson Wentz. If Frank Reich was like, oh, we have Jonathan Taylor. Let's run the football instead of throwing it so much. And then causing two turnovers against a team that the defense is definitely regressed for Tampa, by the way. But still can ball hawk when they need to. And they needed to. So they're like, oh, let's let's give to our MVP running back. And then I think they win that game. I like what they have on defense. I love their offensive line. They have Jonathan Taylor. And we've said it 60 times this show. He's our MVP. When that guy gets going, and he can pretty darn easily, it's going to be a tough team to beat. I will definitely take them over some of these other teams. So the Colts play the Texans this week, and then they have the Patriots in prime time. Then they have the Cardinals in prime time. 
and then they have the home for the Raiders and at the Jaguars. So it's a very interesting schedule. They got two incredibly tough games. One game that we don't really know about with the Raiders because you don't know what Raiders team shows up uh, after the new year. And then you have obviously the Colts uh, probably hoping for a high draft pick the last week of the year. So it could definitely happen. Um, This is going to get very interesting down the stretch. Uh, Don't discredit the Houston Texans. They took on the AFC leading Titans and took them down. I thought, did I pick that upset? If I picked that upset, I was probably drunk, but uh, (laughs) regardless, uh, I think that if I had to pick all the, out of all those, I I think I would still, you might laugh or scoff at this. I think I might still pick the Browns and I, I know that they've looked not so great and they definitely don't look as good as the, uh, as good as the uh, uh, Colts do at this, at this point in time. But, they do have a bye week right now, which is helpful to, you know, get Baker a little bit more healthy. And then they get to have a redemption game against the Ravens, right? And a game that they probably could have and should have won with four receptions from Lamar Jackson on on Sunday night. And, you know, didn't quite pull it out in the end, but Baker falling apart and, you know, injuries in their backfield. I think they can get healthy, come back and win this game. And then they have three games against people ahead of them in the AFC standings after that Ravens game. They play the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Bengals. Everything ahead of them, right? Um, They could definitely beat the Raiders because the Raiders can't stop the run. Uh, They could definitely beat the Steelers because they don't have a quarterback that's really alive right now. Um, And then in the last week at home for the Bengals, they already crushed the Bengals once. Now, they do have the Packers game on, on Christmas, which is tough, but... I could see them going four and one down the stretch, being a ten and seven team that you know gets that seven seed. Now I haven't looked at these other schedules, but I just I don't know. I think I will, if I had I to pick one, I just think overall I think they're a better team. And see, that's the thing, and and this could maybe be a, a recall because at the beginning of the year I said the Cleveland Browns should win this division and it shouldn't be right, close because right. they have all the talent in the world. Yeah, I will say this. I look so darn wrong because the reason I don't think they'll do it, they, and and you hope during this bye week maybe just everything can click. I don't know if it can. Since October 3rd, we're sitting here in December now. Since October 3rd, so two months, they've scored over 20, 20 points two times. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's 20 bad. points. That's that's not a lot. And so you're talking about Especially like, not teams, today's like, NFL. where they, they can. Yeah, in today's NFL, and I get it. The Browns are, they want to be the ground and pound defensive team, and that's good. And sometimes that's getting it done. It gets done against the Lions when they win by a field goal. That wins against the, the Broncos when the Broncos were looking like a, a sack of potatoes. And yeah, I was hard on the Broncos, and they've turned it on a little bit too. It's still not a team that I entirely believe in. But again, to beat them by a field goal, to score 14 points against the Vikings when the Vikings were still like 1-6, and six, they they need to be better. Because I guarantee, I, I, no, I don't want to say that because that sounds like a pretentious thing to say. What were I'll you say it this say? way. I'll relate it to. <laughs> I'll say. I'll relate it to another Cleveland team. Back when the Cavaliers played or played, excuse me, played the forty or uh, Golden State, we watched game number one, and they did everything they could to beat Golden State in that game one. They played the perfect game and they couldn't get it done. 
they had the perfect game against the Ravens. Like you said, those four turnovers, and they couldn't get it done. I highly doubt, highly doubt, Sunday, December 12th, Lamar's going to come out there and throw four interceptions and give the Cleveland Browns that many chances again. They didn't do it once. I don't think they'll do it again. I don't believe in the Browns. That's a pretty fair argument there. That's a pretty fair argument. Uh, we can leave it at that with the Browns. Um, uh, let's just, I mean, let's just talk about it right Division now. Division okay? winner. What was I thinking? Let's just, <laughs> let's just talk about this right now. Okay. Mac Jones hates apple pie. So obviously the Patriots can't win the division because he's evil. Um, but this is the biggest game <laughs> of the year. This is the biggest game. And Matt Judon doesn't like mac and cheese. The Patriots suck. I hate them. Um, so this is the biggest game of the season by far. Listen to this. Uh, so if if the Patriots win on Monday night, God forbid, right? Cross my heart, hope to die. If, if the Patriots win, this is the AFC number one seed percentages. If the Patriots win, the Patriots have a 61% chance of getting the number one seed. Okay? If they lose, if the Bills win, that drops to 16. It completely inverts. Uh, if the Patriots win, the Ravens have an 18% chance. The Titans and the Chiefs have seven. The Bengals and the Bills have 2%. Those are the percent chances to win the number one seed. <laughs> if the if the Bills win, the Ravens jump up to 28%. Buffalo has 20%. And then the Titans and the Chiefs, 15 and 10% respectively. This whole race gets completely flipped depending on who wins on Monday night. I mean, this is nuts, right? This is, when, uh, this is a huge game. It's not just because I'm a Bills fan, right? It is a huge game, absolutely, for all those reasons you just said. But this is, you know, this is what you've wanted as as a Buffalo Bills fan, in my opinion. And it's not because, you know, you just want to be the dominant team, right? But you've always looked up at the Patriots as big brother. So they had their down year, and they had your year, and then everyone came in. Buffalo was a super popular Super Bowl representing the AFC pick. You have the opportunity now because they are right there. Technically, the Patriots are above, are above right now. You need to go in, and and you need to beat them. It, it, I can't remember. Is this the one that's in Gillette, or is this in Buffalo? No, Buffalo's this is in like three weeks. Monday, Monday night in Buffalo. Okay, in Buffalo. So you, yep. in, in your home stadium, you need to defend your turf. This is exciting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be wild. And I will also say this. Um, do you uh, are you aware of what DVOA is? I mean, yeah. It's so it's an analytic it's an analytic stat, but basically it just measures. Uh, it's a method of evaluating teams and players that is basically above the like how much it, do, it, how much is what you're doing uh, adjusted to like help your team win, right? It, it measures how much better you are than the average, right? So the top three quarterbacks in DVOA are Josh Allen, Mac Jones, and Taylor Heineke. Shout out to Taylor Heineke, having a pretty good month. Uh, but Josh Allen and Mac Jones guy are, are the top two in DVOA, meaning they are moving the needle. And right, the DVOA statistic adjusts for competition and situation too, right? So Josh Allen's numbers are actually much higher, but they take a hit because of the opponents that they're facing. And 
uh, Mac Jones is smaller, but it gets a boost because they've faced tougher competition. So the stats even out to them being the top two quarterbacks in DVOA so far this season, uh, heading into, I think, week 13. We're heading into week 13. Um, it's just a, yeah. It's just a huge matchup, and it's not going to f- – straight out straight up decide the AFC East because we do play again in two weeks um, after this matchup but this is is gonna decide a lot and I don't know I I can't remember the last time Buffalo had a game that that was this important Um, I think probably because the last two years that we've made the playoffs, there was never a matchup where it was like, oh, man, we have to win this or we're not going to be in the playoffs, right? There were big games, and there were games like the clinchy game against uh, Pittsburgh last – was it last year? It was either – it was last year or the year before where we clinched the division and then the year before that. And then there was obviously the, the game on New Year's where, you know, we had to win, but then, you know, since he had to win to get in. But I just – I can't remember the last time there was a, a matchup this important – this late in the year for the Bills. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about it, but I'm more excited than not. And you're right. This is what we've been waiting for, right? We're waiting for the, this is a mano a mano now, right? We both have quarterbacks. We both have really good teams. And we're, we should be pretty evenly matched. It's time to decide who's the better team. I'm excited. I am not going to lie. I haven't watched a ton of Monday Night Football. I haven't liked the matchups the last handful of weeks, and I've just been focusing on other other life things on those nights. This is definitely one that I'll be like, I'm here. I don't even know if I, – I, like, I really kind of hope – there's part of me that hopes that – I don't know if Peyton and Eli are doing this one or if they're done because they didn't do this last week. Sometimes they take weeks off. But I'd be really interested to hear Peyton and Eli talk about a matchup like this for sure. Um Let's shift the conversation to the NFC playoffs real quick before we get into Pal's picks and and all that jazz. We got a little bit of time left. Um, the NFC playoff picture is kind of crazy, and especially at the top, you've got the Cardinals, the Packers, uh, and the Bucks all within one game or a half a game of this number one seed. But then you have the Cowboys and the Rams who are only one to two games out of the number one seed. Uh, do who do we really think has got the inside track to the number one seed? Is it the Packers because they have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals? It, it's really tough to predict right now because there's a lot of overlay with the remaining opponents and whatnot. It's going a large part of it, in my opinion, pivots on the Cardinals-Rams rematch that's going to be in L.A. That is going to decide a lot. I think technically the Packers have an easier schedule than the Cardinals, but they're it, it's still I in my opinion it doesn't feel like the AFC where it's still like just oh man like it can there's so much that can happen because I feel like all of these teams kind of control their destiny which is is weird because I mean like technically all teams do but right now I think it's hard to just take away from the Cardinals because they have it that game is circled on my calendar and it's going to be the only game this year that I root for the Rams. <laughs> LOL. So the Cardinals face the Bears uh, this week. They hope that Kyler Murray is back. And then they do have the Rams on Monday night. And then they finish Lions, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. Uh, the Packers. That's a, that's a daunting schedule. Like, that's a yeah. lot of important. Yeah. I mean, even the, even the Seahawks, which are just kind of trashed right now, 
that's not one to just write off and be like, oh, we won because Russ plays pretty well against the cards. Yeah, and Russell Wilson is doesn't always you know, win, tra- but plays well. And Russell Wilson is building his resume for his next team next year. Um, that'll be really fun in the offseason to pick where we think Russ is going to end up. Regardless, the Packers are on their bye week. They have a late bye, and then they have the Bears, and then they have the Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions, which is not an easy schedule either. Um, so it's going to be really fascinating. I guess you know I I won't be I won't be a, a hater. I will pull up the Buccaneer schedule, and we can look at this really quick. <laughs> um, the Bucks, I think are. Oh, no, the Bucks have the Falcons, and then they play Buffalo, and then they have the Saints, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. So I guess if you're looking at those three schedules, the Bucks have the easiest track, right? The like the Saints are a tough matchup, regardless of of, of who's quarterbacking, because the Saints also did beat the Bucks before, uh, and then the Bills are a tough matchup. But then they still have the Panthers twice, the Jets, and the Falcons. So I mean, out of the three of them, they seem to have the easiest schedule. I mean. I guess if we're hopping down this rabbit hole, let's pull out the Cowboys schedule because um, the Cowboys are t- still technically in it, even though that was a tough, tough loss on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys uh, have the Saints on Thursday night, and then they have Washington twice, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Eagles. So, I, I mean, if you're picking between teams, the Cowboys and the Bucks have the easier schedules, but to me, the Cardinals and the Packers are the better teams. So the question hey, is, I'm not saying this is going to happen, out? but you don't think that Washington football team wants to win their division? Let's pull up Washington's uh, schedule. They real can quick, try this, to I'm do interested it. Now. I'm interested now. So Washington does have two matchups Both against Cowboys the Cowboys. Matchups, it's huge. So they have they they go into Vegas this weekend. If they beat Vegas, then they go Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. Um, if Washington wins out, one, two, three, four, five, six, they'd be eleven and five, and they will have beaten the Cowboys twice. So the Cowboys would still have to drop another game, right? Because the Cowboys could end up winning if the Cowboys lost twice to. Um, Washington that only gives them that gives them six loss. Oh no, that. If the Washington wins out, yeah, they win it would the be Washington. Yeah, because they would have the tiebreaker. So, what what money are you putting on this lapping? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't want to put money because I don't. I don't know if I believe in Taylor Heineke that much. But I'm just saying they're going to be it's fired fun. up to try. It is fun. No, you're right. It's fun, and I. I really. I will be rooting for them on Sunday to beat the Raiders, just because I want that matchup with Dallas to be like. With the, all, everything we want is ahead of us, right? And I'm not. I I, I the, I'm still picking the Cowboys to win the division, and I feel pretty confident about that. But you're right. I, you love those matchups to matter, and it would be a lot of fun on on. I think it's on Christmas Day, isn't it? The Cowboys Washington matchup. I, uh, I believe it's the day the after. Only, day after. It's the, the day only after Christmas, Christmas game is the Packers Browns game. Yeah, it's the day after Christmas, but it is the Sunday night football game. I I believe because Christmas is on a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it is the day after I'll, Christmas. I'll make a pseudo bet for fun. Okay. I will. I will say Washington will win the division if Dallas drops tomorrow's game. Okay. If they lose to Taysom Hill, if the Cowboys drop another, I will then say Washington will win the division. Well, the you, you know that half of our listenership are Cowboys fans, so you know we're gonna get hate messages. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> anything I'm else you want to say about the Dallas fans hate me anyways it's all right uh anything else you want to say about this uh crazy playoff picture before we move on i will just say i think and, and it's true everyone's saying like there's not really been like any like dominant team and maybe that also relates to like the mvp thing and everything but it's really exciting when we're sitting here in december and four teams five teams maybe six teams are out of it. It's so and fun every, and, when yeah, you and have these top weight people that are like, oh man, if they drop one game, like that's huge. And then you have so many people that are scrapping for the playoffs. If they win one game, that's huge. Like it's really exciting that there's so much mud going on right now. It's just, yeah. it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, think about it. The, the Rams were the two seed, on Saturday, on Saturday, and because they played the Packers, they dropped all the way to the five seed, right? So, I mean, it's it's crazy how quick your fates can change. The Bengals weren't even in the playoffs last week, and now they're the number one wild card team, tied with the fourth seed, right? So it's it's crazy. They're one game behind the one seed, right? So you're right. I'm absolutely with you. This has been, uh, and this isn't even a hot take or or, or an opinion. It's been the most hotly contested. Uh, NFL season in history in terms of like close games heading into the final couple minutes of the of the of each game and so it's awesome and the NFL it's at the height of its powers right now and uh, I'm just happy to be a fan watching it so with that being said uh, we kind of did a little bit of cold reads so let's just move on to the segment after that which means it is time for pals picks so if you checked out, we did do pals picks over Instagram. So why don't you give them the rundown of what happened? So we both had pretty solid weeks. We both went two and one. But what made me really proud for the most part was that the games we picked, like we just crushed. Like there wasn't a whole lot. The Browns, Ravens, sure. Other than that, Bucks, Colts were close. But the Finns, you picked them. They crushed the Panthers. The Patriots had their way with the Titans since he dominated against Pittsburgh. Like we 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 nailed some of these. That was, that was and pretty I think cool to see. I got the which one did I get wrong? Did you give me Colts Bucks? Is that the one I got wrong? Correct. And they were yeah, that, they, that you, one was they had close. It right there. Yeah. And then what what's the one that you got wrong? I got the Vikings 49ers. Okay, wrong. yeah. So both games we it. Got wrong, came down to the final like couple plays of the game, so we weren't too far yeah. off. Yeah, I think we had a good week. So I believe you gave me matchups first last week. Yes, uh, I don't remember. You, I think you did because I was holding the. Oh no, I gave you matchups first, so it's you first. We didn't actually text each other beforehand. We forgot to do that. That's fine. You go ahead. You give me the matchups first, okay? On the fly. Here we go. First game. I'm gonna go with the. Reeling Chargers. What's happened with them, by the way? And the surging Bengals. Yeah, I think these are two. This is a really fun matchup because these are two teams in a very similar situation. They both have second-year quarterbacks that are really darn good. And then I feel pretty confident going to be in this league for a long time. They both have two young head coaches that are, you know, arrows certainly pointing up, even though the Chargers are really a little bit. I think people still really love Brandon Staley. And Zach Taylor, people were really low on, I think are getting a little bit higher. Um, there are two teams that I think might be a year, maybe two 
too early right now to be true contenders in the AFC. I think we see this a lot of years. I think two years ago, this was Buffalo when the Bills, you know, had that 10 and 6 season and went into the playoffs and they lost to Houston. Um, and it was just a little bit too soon, right? They're a little bit wet behind the ears. They're not quite ready to, to contend for sure. But I love what Joe Burrow is doing. And I think Joe Mixon, uh, outside of Jonathan Taylor, is the probably the best back in the NFL right now. Again, outside of Jonathan Taylor. But he catches it. He runs it. He blocks. He's all over the field. You've got Jamar Chase, who's kind of cooled off. But they're still moving with the passing game. T. Higgins had a couple of awesome catches this past weekend that were just, you know, reminding you why he was a high. I think he was a high second round pick. Should have been a first round pick in that draft uh, out of Clemson. And you still got Tyler or Tyler Boyd there as well over the middle. C.J. Uzama, and they've got some guys on defense too. I just I really like what the Bengals are doing with Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow's awesome, and he's so much fun to watch. I just I think the Chargers are falling apart a little bit here, and I think the Bengals uh, when they are at home and they smell blood in the water, they they pounce. All right, there we go. Here's a game that you said you hope was somebody was going to win. Tell me which one is going to win. Washington traveling to take on the LV Raiders. I am going to pick Washington in this one. I really like what Taylor Heineke is doing, but even more than that, I love what Antonio Gibson is doing. We were all on the Antonio. I shouldn't say all of us, but I was on the Antonio Gibson train with a handful of people, a very vocal minority last year heading into the season, especially for fantasy. He had 10 plus touchdowns last year. Uh, This year he's been kind of up and down, but I think he had 36 total touches last week, over a hundred yards around 150 plus total yards. I mean, he, it was awesome, and I just love that they're running the offense through this guy, and they still have guys like Terry McLaurin, and Taylor Heineke's wheeling and dealing. He looks like that Taylor Heineke that we saw the glimpse of in that playoff game against Tampa Bay that we were like, wait a minute, can Taylor Heineke actually do some stuff? Uh, so I just really like what they're doing. I think they are motivated. They're streaking, and uh, there's nobody better in the NFL when your team is hot and rolling at motivating than Ron Rivera. He eats that up. And he can totally continue to motivate and push this team to a victory. I'm going to pick Washington in the upset. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. I'm going to – I my hands are tied. Tell me why you think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Patriots on Monday. Yeah, I was waiting for this. So, I think that most people are going to pick New England on Sunday – or on Monday night. And I could be wrong with that, but when I'm looking at all this stuff, I really feel like most people are like, Buffalo's not that good. They lost to Jacksonville. They only beat the Saints on Thanksgiving because the Saints didn't have anybody healthy. They're not that good. They're overrated. New England's on a six-game winning streak, and I think Buffalo is like, uh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Hold the phone. I Again, Last year is last year, but this is the team that beat New England 38-9 to on Monday night last year to fully clinch the division. And again, totally different teams, but I think Buffalo still feels like they're that kind of dominant team. They're the team that has uh, more shutouts than anybody since the 2000 Ravens in a season. I don't really care who you're playing. A shutout is still a shutout. They have two shutouts. Uh, they beat a team. They have multiple teams that they held to under 10 points. I'm talking about one team had three points. Last week, they only had six points. Again, this is the NFL. I don't care who you have to not score 10 points. That 
your defense is great. Uh, and I think that Mac Jones is great. He's still a rookie. And Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott and really good defensive coaches love playing against rookie quarterbacks. I don't think this is a blowout in any sense of the imagination. In fact, I think this is one where I am going to rip my hair out, which is already out. If you didn't know that, I'm bald. I'm gonna, it's going to be like that Monday night against Tennessee where it comes down to the final couple of plays, and I think Buffalo and Josh Allen get it done because Josh Allen's just a better quarterback right now, and I think Buffalo is just slightly the better team right now. All right, all right. Exciting. All right, so you took the Bengals over the Chargers, Washington on the road over the Raiders, and Buffalo at home in – I don't even know what they're called now in that stadium. It, I think so, it is Adidas, called a new era. No, it's it's new, I think it's new era, but no, it's Highmark Stadium now. But regardless, it's always it. the it's always Ralph Wilson in my heart. So those are I think probably without question the three best games this this week. I don't know, <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna give you the Thursday night game. We talked about we talked about this. Taysom Hill is gonna start. I think in the offseason we both I definitely was, but I think we were both believing Taysom Hill was going to start. He didn't. Jameis Winston did. Uh, Jameis Winston's kind of on and off. I was on the Jameis. Okay, I was going to say. So I was on the Taysom Hill thing. Uh, Alvin Kamara's probably coming back. Um, possibly Mark Ingram. Uh, so some guys getting back healthy for New Orleans. They are at home on Thursday night. Dallas reeling a little bit, losing, I think, three of their last four or two of their last three, one of the two. Um, but New Orleans hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas is also getting back some key pieces here. Going to get back C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper was just activated off the COVID list. We'll see if he does travel and play with the team. Those are very important pieces. We also have to monitor the health of Ezekiel Elliott's knee right now. I am going to pick the Cowboys. I'm rooting for the Saints, but I'm picking the Cowboys. I just think Dallas is too talented. Their defense is still super ferocious. I know they aren't necessarily what they were at the beginning of the year. They want to have a get-right game, and they're going to be looking at a guy that hasn't played this year very seriously because obviously Taysom Hill comes in and and does Taysom Hill-esque things, but he hasn't been a full-time starter, and they're going to look to pounce on that. Like I said, I, I'm rooting for Taysom Hill. I would love for him to be like, hey, like I'm the guy, and, and to do it and whatnot, but I just don't know if I see it happening on Thursday night. Taking the Cowboys. Taysom Hill certainly with the most interesting and intri- intricate contract in NFL history. Uh, the Cowboys have actually lost three of the last four, so we will see if they can get right against New Orleans on Thursday night. So let's shift over to those aforementioned crushing it giants and the Miami Dolphins, who are also on a win streak. So the Dolphins host the Giants, and they're on a win streak and hoping to end up 7-7 seven and seven in a couple of weeks and looking at possibly snagging that seven seed. What do we think? They are certainly trying, and they are doing the Brian Flores thing of getting hot late, and it's annoying. Um, I will say right now we don't know the health of the Giants quarterback situation. A couple days ago they were like, Mike Lennon's getting the start, and then today they were like, well, we're hoping that Daniel Jones can still play. With all of that being said, I still really like what this Dolphins defense is doing right now. They are making life hectic for quarterbacks. They made Cam Newton look worse than he did at any point last year, which I still thought was pretty bad. 
but last Sunday was atrocious. I think, you know, even if it is Daniel Jones, he has a penchant for turnovers. I am taking the Dolphins at home. I'm really liking, I'm starting to like, I, I've always liked, but I'm really starting to like what I see out of Tua Tungavailoa. I have not given up on Tua, and I never will. He looks great. I'm really behind this Tua Tungavailoa team. Last but not least, let's go to that AFC North, that crazy AFC North. The Pittsburgh Steelers sit at 5-5-1, and one, and they are hosting the Baltimore Ravens coming off probably the ugliest loss of the year, or the ugliest victory of the year by any team, unless you count that Chicago win on Thanksgiving. Uh, but I think Baltimore is probably a little bit uglier than that. What do we think in this divisional matchup? Yeah, this is this is a fun one. I think this is going to be still wanting to be classic AFC North football. Najee Harris was really stifled and didn't have any very many opportunities against Cincinnati. I know they're going to want to try to get him the ball. Lamar's going to come out and be like, I played like absolutely trash and try to, to revenge that. So there's going to be just teams both that looked pretty darn bad, obviously with different results, but both teams look bad in week 12 that they're going to want to get corrected in week 13. This one's really tough for me to pick because, uh, you know, the Steelers have been pretty down this year, but I don't think they've been as awful as some people may think. They haven't been good. That's not to say that they're good, but they haven't been awful in my opinion. Uh... I think I'm going to go with the away team still, though, and take the Baltimore Ravens. I think Lamar's not going to have that bad a game again, and I think they will get it done. Going to get back on track here and be like, we're the number one seed. We're not going to let uh, these guys boss us around anymore. So you went two for one with the road teams. You have Dallas on the road Thursday night. Then you have Miami at home at the 1 o'clock slot, and then you were finishing in the afternoon with Baltimore on the road against Pittsburgh. That was Pal's picks for you. Oh, All right, yeah. so, uh, yeah, let's uh, we can hop over Fantasy Corner real quick because we can got a little bit of a shorter episode today um, just because I don't understand fantasy football. We could update you guys next week. <laughs> but uh, Needless let's get to some... say, everyone, we did get off our losing skid. We won a game. We did lose last week. We're sitting right now in the number three seed right now with a record of 14 and 10, which if you're not fancy, that is seven and five. So we are technically and we also... seven and five. We also dropped Chuba Hubbard last week, and as we did it, we both looked at each other and said, LOL, watch CMC get hurt this weekend. Ha, 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 ha. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Anyway, uh, let's do some friend's fortune, man. You got a friend's fortune? I do have a friend's fortune. All right. Go ahead whenever you're ready. All right. I'm going to go in three, two, one. Here we go. Turn off my phone. All right. So I'm going to go. We're talking MVP running backs. Jonathan Taylor, not a quarterback. I think he's going to put a stamp on this game against the Houston Texans. I think he's going to rush for over 200 yards in this game against the Texans. And he's going to be like, you know what? Who needs a quarterback? Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's fine. But I'm Jonathan Taylor. 200 yards and a win for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, your turn. Alrighty, I'm going to go in three, two, one, go. Okay, we're going to go to that Thursday night matchup. So you probably are listening to this most likely after the matchup. But 
I am going to say, because I was on the Taysom Hill train all offseason, and he hasn't really been given a shot, I'm going to say Taysom Hill starts, and I'm going to say Taysom Hill is going to have three or more touch total touchdowns. Uh, this is passing, rushing, receiving, whatever it is. He's going to have three-plus total touchdowns in a victory against the Dallas Cowboys. All right, short, sweet, to the point. Look at us. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, our, everybody, one, I'm gonna let one of our shortest I'm gonna let you ever. wrap up with some tidbits if you need, pal. But I do need okay. to get going. I gotta okay. take some pictures tonight. So I'm gonna say, everybody, sounds like fun. Hope you enjoy Week 15. You're all awesome and amazing. It's good to be back. Sorry I have to cut it a few minutes short, but you are in good hands with Adam Rossi, and we will look forward to seeing you next week. Ah, uh, hell yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to Simultaneous Catch. Yes, uh, Josh and I got a lot going on heading into this holiday season. He's still running a professional theater company, which is hard at the time of COVID. Of course, we're still living in the pandemic era. And I myself, as a teacher, things are pretty crazy. But we thank you for sticking with us. Uh, make sure you still check out the Run Your Pool. The Run Your Pool actually is very close. Uh, let's bring up the leaderboard real quick. Um, oh, of course, it locked me out. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so for a while there, I was hovering around the lead, and then it was stolen away from me. But after a crazy week with some upset picks that went my way or didn't go my way, I am currently sitting at the number two spot, defending against everybody who wants to win that free jersey or you know sports apparel of their choice. Um, so V... Kesta, Sesta, I don't know how to pronounce that, is currently at the lead uh, with a record of 113.67. I am in second place with 110 and 70. And then you have the Bake Show at number three, 106 and 74. And then you've got a couple of teams with 104 wins and then a couple of teams with 101 wins. And then uh, our previous leader, Mr. AQ, who I later found out was my cousin, with 100 total win so everybody's got over 100 wins so everybody's doing actually a really darn good job picking games this year uh it's pretty crazy so yep we're heading into this final stretch here uh the winner will win the uh jersey or sports memorabilia of their choice uh although if i do win nobody wins or maybe i'll buy it for myself who's to say uh Make sure you're taking care of your guys of yourselves during this holiday season. Make sure you're getting vaccinated, getting your booster shots if you're able to. Uh, it's all free, and uh, it's the best we can do to keep each other safe during this time. Uh, we hope that you had a happy, safe, healthy, and joyful Thanksgiving holiday. And as we head into all these other holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, and so many more during this this December time. We hope that you're staying happy, you're staying healthy, um, and you're telling those that you love that you love them because life is short. Thank you for listening to Simultaneous Catch. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. He was Josh Lapping. God bless.